Um... <laughs> By the way, I have sound effects. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I know, isn't it great? Anyway, welcome to This Week in Ghost, episode one. Also, look, more sound effects. This can only go up from here. These are the default ones, so they're the worst. <laughs> oh God, are you just gonna troll me with sound effects for half an hour? Essentially, yes, but <laughs> Hannah, what are we doing here? Um, podcasting. But what is the purpose of this podcast? I think you, we're supposed to be talking about ghost. I think that's what we're supposed to be doing as well. But essentially, we've been quite nascent and neglectful in our updating of what's actually going on with Ghost Core, haven't we? So this is an experiment to talk about that. Yeah. Maybe in a weekly, a maybe weekly format. Mm, do we have to do it weekly? I, well, potentially. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think I think a maybe weekly format, which has the disclaimer of maybe within its title, is promising. I think that sounds like a good idea. Maybe weekly. Okay. Maybe we'll sometimes do a podcast to update people about what we're doing, to remind them that we do actually still exist, even if we don't Our level... have the content on the web, right? Our, our level of commitment to this idea is overwhelming. Yeah. I think I think the other point of it should be, and I, I hope the, the benefit of it will be, to offer some insight into what goes on behind the scenes of an open source project, how it all fits together, what happens in between the GitHub issues that you don't see. And also to remind everyone, to some extent, we are real people. We are real humans with real voices and opinions and feelings that can be hurt by mean nasty comments i think that's a very good angle to this it can get a bit painful when you post updates and all you get is kind of people going but when are you going to do this when are you going to do that and when's that happening and people don't seem to quite grasp the fact that we're actually working as hard as we physically can and have lives outside of just answering github issues who was it that wrote the post last week that was um what it's like to be an open source maintainer that was an amazing amazing piece we should definitely put that in like show notes oh show notes for anyone who doesn't know this is like a nostalgic moment because hannah and i met circa 2006 on a forum and then subsequently with our friend rob rob hawks robin hawks um started a podcast back in the day called explicit web which was kind of about nothing but we had a lot of fun. Hannah and has I think nothing people to had add a lot to that. <laughs> listening to it, just be, you know. Yeah, because we were mostly just laughing at each other and yeah. not much else. It was just hilarious. The okay. guy that wrote the uh, what it feels like to be an open source maintainer was a guy called Nolan Lawson. It was on his blog. Um, that guy, love that guy. And uh, yeah, that was a great post that kind of explained this sensation of what it's like to have most of the feedback be negative all the time. Absolutely. And if you work in open source only and haven't read it, you should. Yes. It can be tiresome. And I think I think that's something that's not easily appreciated. And so you've been on the receiving end of it um, in, in all senses, in open source, in customer service, in all the ways. Uh, it's often very easy to forget that there are real people who are just doing their best behind the scenes. And um, it can also be very easy, likewise, to moan about it now, being on the receiving end of it. But if anything, I think it's helped me be more mindful when uh, making feature requests or bug reports to other projects. 
just the, in general whenever I'm dealing with anyone ever about and I've got a problem remembering that just because I've got a problem it isn't um it isn't necessarily the most important thing in their day and that if I'm nice about my problem they're more likely to help me than if I'm being an ass about it which you know I'm good at being an ass yeah I think that's one of our finest qualities collectively being an ass I think it's yeah. just human nature isn't it it's just natural to come at things from a negative perspective when you're feeling annoyed because something isn't working or because you haven't got what it was you're expecting to get it's so easy to just fall into that mindset without like exactly that thing of forgetting that the person you're talking to is a human being who's probably just doing the absolute best they can yeah and they're probably having a bad day as well yeah exactly which is what um the quote of mine that's getting retweeted about um contributing to open source is sometimes just saying thank you came from the idea that perhaps if you want to get a bug fixed or you want some change to happen in an open source project that um if you go and say thank you or say something positive you might give the maintainer just that little bit of positivity they need that day if they were having a bad day that little bit of motivation it's a tiny little act but it's it's yeah. very powerful sometimes it really is as simple as that shall we get into the meat and potatoes of what this is supposed to be all about yeah let's do that is is meat and potatoes a real saying that is applicable to this situation or did i just invent that no no that's the thing okay okay good then meat and potatoes yeah i'll use that okay <laughs> excellent <laughs> um so the... <laughs> let's just not dwell on that the the point of this whole situation is supposed to be an update of what is going on in ghostland and i think most people know we're working on version 1.0 at the moment but what is happening in 1.0 hannah what is the state of affairs so the big headline status of ghost 1.0 right now is that we have been shipping weekly alpha builds for well since january um regularly we did a few last year had a break over christmas came back we've done these weekly alpha builds and we're just this week in the process of flipping from alpha builds to beta builds now those are fancy words to throw around but what that means is we're going from uh being really heavily into building features and doing that so fast that we can't keep the documentation up to date and that it's basically just for internal use to starting to build um versions of ghost which we want people to beta test and which will have proper documentation and uh just be you know something that everybody else can get involved with again absolutely um, we started this we started this whole kind of we're going to move to 1.0 make breaking changes and lts everything that has been ghost up until this point back in what Sept october september yeah i think september so it's been it's been a good we've been we've been at it for a while now but the the end is in sight um, I think so there's a lot of things coming together kind of at the same time yes and the original plan was to do three things right the the, the replacement of the editor which is obviously pretty key to ghost that's like the main thing that we've got uh, the introduction of a new authentication system which uh, gave us a little bit of power to offer shared features or centralized features and the mm -hmm. third thing was to rip out the entire concept of how you install and update ghost right now and replace it with a, a command line tool so that we made that whole thing painless for everyone those are the three so for, headlines for people who have no idea about any of those three things and haven't necessarily been following our core repository updates um to you know the letter and the, the email notification piece by piece 
should we touch on what each one of those those three are and why we're doing them? Because I think that might actually be interesting to talk about. Yep. I think that's a good idea. Let's go through them one by one. Okay, so the editor. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's obviously the biggest headline feature. And it's the one I'm of all the stuff in 1.0, um, there's a lot of exciting things happening. It's probably the one I'm most excited about just because it's the most kind of uh, user-facing. It's the one that has the, the most design implications around it. Um, and I think... If we pull it off, if we do it well, it's going to be a very big win for Ghost that's going to make a lot of people happy um, in the long run. So the editor, if you have not seen it yet, and you can see it, just go and check out the latest version of Master, run the alpha install for Ghost 1.0, and you can test this in real time. It's there, it exists, this is not vaporware. But the point of it is to evolve beyond Ghost's uh, kind of humble markdown roots, which the idea of which was to be very, very simple, fast for writing, um, but came with limitations. So markdown has inherent limitations. It's very good for simple text formatting, but as soon as you try and go beyond that, uh, things start getting very complicated and you effectively get thrown back to just having to write HTML. So we spent a lot of time looking at all the different editors around on the web and some of the most beloved ones, such as the Medium Editor, and some of the most powerful ones, such as uh, the Notion Editor, or some of the, the other kind of more dynamic ones out there. Uh, Atavist's another good example. And we met some maintainers from a project called MobileDoc. Um, Hannah, how would you summarize MobileDoc? Oh, the thing for me about MobileDoc that's the most exciting is that it actually separates the concept of the document format from what's displayed in the browser. Like, And that's a really technical description, but that's probably <laughs> the best one I can give. So I think... <laughs> the uh, difficult so thing about editors essentially... is all... Go for it. Yeah, the, the difficult thing about building an editor is always that there's there's what you see on the screen when you're typing. There's what you're typing there's what gets saved and then there's what gets seen in in terms of ghost when the the post is published there's all these different versions of the content and that they all kind of clash with each other um and that bugs come from that clash between you know what is this what i'm displaying or what i'm entering or what's being edited or uh and and mobile docs does a really really good job of separating those things out and so it's a very reliable framework to build on so it's kind of like the standardized underlying way of storing the the content of any given document and being able to manipulate it control it and distribute it into any format whether that's on the web or mobile and print just it's a portable document format is that the the kind of the best summary yeah and for our perspective it's the fact that we can convert it to html to view on the blog or into amp version of html or into rss version of html something you know and the user-facing side effects of that or what it enables us to do is to create this kind of medium on crack type editor experience or at least mm-hmm. that's the the ambition of it so you can have this really nice uh, graphical user interface for writing that looks and feels a lot like the medium editor or the dropbox editor i mean there's a lot of editors converging on a kind of um, style and way of doing things but in addition you have these dynamic cards which can be inserted within content and those can be triggered via your standard plus menu or they can be triggered via a slack like slash command um, so you can drop in an image upload or you can drop in an embed or in future maybe you can drop in um, a graph or a data set um, and hopefully in future you'll be able to extend and build out your own kind of uh, cards which can be put into the editor that will allow for dynamic content within so 
It's kind of treating the editor as its own platform within Ghost that can be built upon and extended out from. And that's what I'm most, most, most excited about for the future of, of that side of things. <clears throat> yeah, I like, I'm really excited about how that um, translates into concept of like content templates like for example we're doing a podcast if we want to blog this podcast then we could have like a preset where you know we know we're going to drop in a, an audio file and then there's going to be some description which is the the show notes as we've touched on um and that you can have yeah. those sort of things preset and that's custom to each each publication because publications are all different exactly or like buzzfeed has quizzes that could be a, a dynamic predefined predetermined uh card or God forbid right. it, the sort of clickbait style one go to the next page stuff, one image per page type thing, you know. No. <laughs> no, let's let's disable that. <laughs> it's all within the realms of possibility. Okay, so the, the authentication layer, that was a, a huge piece. That's uh, number two on the list. Do you want to talk about what that is and why we did it? Okay. What it is is that rather than logging in with a username and password, which is local to your blog, uh, we're introducing the concept that you can log in with a username and password that is centralized to ghost.org. So a little bit like you might log in with Facebook, you would be able to log in with Ghost. That's the nuts and bolts of it. The reasons for doing this is that having every single blog be a satellite with its own username and password for every single user runs us into some problems that we face that other platforms like Medium or, or Facebook or Blogger or whatever, they don't have those same problems and that there's simply no centralized system that we can pull from. So we've had a couple of ideas for different things that we've wanted to do. One of the biggest ones is that if you use our hosting platform, um, you have to have two sets of logins. You have to have one for ghost.org and then one for your blog. And then if you have more than one blog, you've got one for each blog and it all gets really, really confusing. But more exciting... Disaster. It's a complete disaster. But more exciting is some of the features that we want to build on top of it. And I think you're probably best to explain those. Yeah, so the one that I'm most excited about, um, and anyone who comes from like a WordPress or a Drupal background will be familiar with this issue, is when you want to integrate something like uh, Twitter into a WordPress site or a Drupal site, um, you have to go and register a Twitter app, uh, which is convoluted in and of itself, especially if you're an end user. Get a set of API keys, secret keys, I think some other keys, uh, then plug those into a plugin uh, of your registered Twitter app and then maybe a connection happens and then maybe you can actually you know automatically tweet a blog post when you publish it and that whole process is very convoluted and, and very frustrating to to actually get working and that's because API authentication is done at a domain level so because every WordPress or Drupal or whatever install runs on a different domain uh, you have to register a Twitter app that's one for each of those domains so that the authentication will work now by having a centralized authentication service through ghost.org we can kind of act as a proxy for those API connections so now we can offer to any Ghost uh, installation, regardless of whether you're self-hosted, whether you're on Ghost Pro, uh, seamless API integrations with external third-party services, which is just one click. There's no need to go and register additional apps or set them all up. Um, it's just all streamlined. Uh, so in many respects, this is what WordPress.com tries to accomplish with the Jetpack plugin. It does the same type of thing. It proxies the authentication for external services through this one centralized endpoint. The differences with this is it's just a centralized authentication service that has no kind of 
additional opinionated uh, functionality or features tied into it. It's purely for convenience and for enabling additional things. So from a user point of view, that's definitely what I'm most hyped on. I think you've touched on a couple of really interesting points there that are worth like repeating. And that is that we've introduced this feature for convenience. It is a user experience feature so that we can build things that make our users have a better life. There was, yeah. it's not, we haven't built it because we suddenly want to have everyone's data. That's not the reason behind it. Absolutely Which not. I think, I think that's worth starting. To Sorry, I was just going to say, I think that's worth touching on as well, uh, which is to say this is uh, this new authentication is a default, but it's not uh, mandatory. You can fall back to our old authentication if you have uh, privacy concerns or you simply want to be in absolute control of your Ghost install. Um, and if the service goes down, we so if our centralized authentication service completely falls over, we are working on a fallback so that you will be able to go back to just default kind of token-based authentication, much like a, a forgotten password email. So you'll always still be able to get into your site. Yeah, because that's really important to us. We want everyone to still be able to log in again, not trying to own that process. We just want to be able to make it possible for people to do these these authentication flows for Twitter and all the other features that will work in much the same way. Yeah. Which are all down to the simple fact that um, all of those integrations with Twitter or Facebook or Medium or whatever, all of them, every single one of them, wants you to have a, sing a domain name registered with it. Yep. And therefore, if there isn't a centralized domain name, like on medium.com, medium.com is a central, centralized domain name, because everyone has their own on Ghost, um, we can't, you have to go and man manually register each individual one. Whereas when we have the centralized system, we have a centralized domain name of ghost.org, and we can register those things on, on our users' behalfs. Yes. That's the fundamental nice. reason. Cool. Okay, so that's so ghost.org. This is Ghost CLI. Indeed. This is exciting stuff. What is exciting about it, Hannah? Tell me the exciting things. So, since day one, we always had this dream, this ideal idea, this idealistic idea that Ghost was going to be really easy to install. That's what we wanted, <laughs> right? Um, and we picked um, SQLite as part of that, right? We wanted to sort of beat the WordPress install process by not requiring you to set up a database. We would do that automatically. That was mm -hmm. that was the sort of driving force behind that decision. We had this like fundamental criteria. Ghost is going to be super easy to install. And yet it never has been because SQLite has been a nightmare to install. And you know, you've got to install Node and you've got to install NPM, then you've got to install this, that and the other, and you've got to get all your ducks in a row and it's all very intensive. Fucking ducks. I know, they're just never in the right order, are they? Just never. <laughs> So, uh, and that that extends, e I mean, you know, everyone can get through the install process eventually, you know, most people find their way eventually to get through it. But then, then you're faced with the horror of having to update Ghost, which is this like list of 12 steps, which involves doing a small dance and a prayer in order to make sure that the, the software gets updated properly. And it's obviously been a pain point since day one. Everyone knows that. It's not like we've ignored it, but trying to figure out a better way to do this has been just... You know, it's not a small challenge. So what yep. we've decided is that we're going to wrap that whole process of both installing and updating into a tool that does it all for you, which is called Ghost CLI, which simplifies the process down to you install a global node module of Ghost CLI, and then you get a Ghost command line tool. So you can type things like Ghost install or Ghost update. 
which you know one step rather than 20 that sounds awesome it does doesn't it do you want know some even more awesome? and it also tell me what's even more awesome hannah Again, i want to know it's not vaporware it exists already and it works oh there we go <laughs> <laughs> that is great um the i think the the other one worth worth touching on, which you, which you kind of already mentioned, but just to high, or underscore it again, is um, a lot of people since day one of Ghost have always asked, like, why can't Ghost update itself? Um, because it's super annoying that every time there's an update available for self-hosted users, they have to go and run this whole, go through a set of instructions and replace directories and then run different commands and, and make everything update itself. And the, the simplest reason for that is Ghost itself doesn't know how it's running. So you might be running it with forever.js, you might just be running it with npm start, uh, you might be running it with some other command line tool that's keeping it running in the background. Um, but Ghost itself doesn't know that. So it doesn't know how to shut itself down and start itself up again after an update. And by wrapping it in this CLI tool, it now has an interface by which to be able to, to, be able to say, shut down, update myself, and restart again, which is an abstraction that didn't exist before. So there's all kinds of uh, unblocking factors to this. Yeah, and the CLI tool as it stands, so this first iteration has a couple of default versions of running Ghost. So you can run Ghost like on the command line with like the npm start type thing, which is the basic for if you're, being a, you're just developing the theme or something like that. Um, or the second default is for production, which is systemd, which is the standard on Ubuntu Linux. Um, and those two things are supported out of the box. However, the CLI tool has been built with the concept that you can extend it. So now we've got an extensible tool where you can tell Ghost how it's run, which solves Epic. the problem. Nice. This is. I wonder. I wonder how nerdy the people who <laughs> listen to this are going to be. Like whether this is <laughs> flying over people's heads. But um, if you have questions about any of these things that we're talking about and you would like your questions answered in a semi-weekly, wait, no, what was it? Maybe weekly podcast type situation, then what do we want them to do? Tweet tweet at us, no, leave a comment on, get in contact with us in some way and we will answer them. Oh, I think, but either tweeting at TryGhostDev or tweeting or uh, leaving a comment, either one, I'm sure we'll find the questions. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep a log of the questions and then go through them. Yep. Okay, so th those are the three main things. So wh where are we in the journey of completing those three things and actually shipping 1.0? So the CLI tool and Ghost Auth are essentially feature complete. We're just sort of in that QA iteration process when you start cleaning things up and tidying them up. And I think the editor is not far off being in the same position, am I right? It's getting pretty close. Yeah, it's getting pretty close. A lot of spit and polish going on right now. Yeah, there's an awful lot of spit. Which is good. But there's... Mm. I think that's going to be the same for all of it. You know, you get to that point when you get real users trying stuff out and obviously you find all the places where you made bad assumptions and things need ironing out. And, you know, we've changed so much that obviously we're going to have a process of doing lots of quick releases to, to fix up things that we didn't notice were going to be a problem. But yeah, absolutely. that's what I meant Like when I said at the very beginning that we're in this sort of process of, of transitioning from alpha where we're like just heavily de developing features to being like, no, oh, we think they're pretty much ready. So let's declare this a beta and let people play with it and tell us, you know, all, tell us all the wrongs. Tell us the wrongs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But be nice about it. Where did that it. come from? I don't know. What? 
Why have we been saying that for years? I think it was an angry customer, wasn't it? It might well have been. Or just like an angry user really early on and they just like sent us an all caps email saying tell me the wrongs with my installation uh, error message or something. Oh, yeah. good times. Yeah, it's our, it's our very own version of all the things. It's the, all the wrongs. All the wrongs. Tell me the wrongs. <laughs> it's great. Okay. Um, have you got any other 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 ghost related news you feel that you would like to share at this juncture at this point in time at this moment I... where we have the captive audience of all of three people who are desperately wanting to know Hannah what's on your mind? Uh, I think it's probably worth saying that those three features that we just talked about are like the top three features that we are delivering with Ghost 1.0. However, hmm. in addition to that, we have also pretty much rewritten every line of Ghost. Pretty much. Accidentally. I, yeah, I kind of did it by accident. I'm really sorry about that. It sort of just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but we've replaced some of the really fundamental pieces in order to give ourselves a much better foundation for building the next versions of Ghost. So... One of the things that was really missing from, from Ghost up until now has been any form of um, sort of centralised logging, knowing where the log output was going to go to. We fixed that. Uh, we fixed the mess that we had with configuration. That's all been done in a different way now. Uh, rewrote how themes work. There's just loads of like really fundamental pieces like that that are just now completely different. And users might not necessarily see that. Developers probably will. People who self-install will probably see some of that. But a lot of people won't. But the... You know, when you build, when you knock your house down and rebuild the foundations, you know the the house you can build on top of that. It's going to be completely different from here on out. That's exactly. We can we can build more floors. Yeah, like a massive skyscraper. Yeah, let's do that with bells on it and whistles, <laughs> and maybe a disco ball. Dance floor. One of those light up dance floors. <laughs> I think this metaphor has gone as far as it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> we should stop. So, yeah. what about you? Have you got some but news? You... Well, yeah, and it kind of it it goes right on from what you were just talking about, which is kind of the the future of Ghost and the next version of Ghost and these bells and whistles and next floors and I'm going straight back into that same metaphor. This is terrible. Um, but what like what are those things? And so in January we launched this uh, thing called the Ghost for Journalism program and that is kind of the answer to what those next floors of the proverbial house are going to be so at the moment we are working, aside from all the core development work and 1.0 work we are working to find three really good um, publishers specifically in the journalism space because that's what we really care about building Ghost for, that's the use case we're very very passionate about, uh, to work with very very closely to help us drive and push and prioritize what things we're going to build into Ghost next. So the idea being if we find our three ideal users who we think represent the perfect types of people who we want to see succeeding with Ghost and we follow their feature requests and their um, needs and, and bugs that need fixing as much as possible to push Ghost to be the perfect tool for them, then it will by its very nature turn Ghost into the perfect tool for more people like them. Um, them being journalists, publishers, people who are really doing independent um, journalistic work that we want to see Ghost used for. And that's going well. So we had more than 300 applications. Um, I think the application period was open for just over a month or I don't know, just under a month I think. Um, and we're now narrowing it down to the last three and chatting to them. So I guess we'll be talking soon about who those three people are going to be and uh, what the types of things we're going to work with them on will be. We're going to have loads to talk about. This is this is definitely not going to be short and stuff to talk about in our maybe semi-weekly, maybe 
format. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to be short on things to talk about at all. I think um, we've got we've got plans. <laughs> we've always got plans. We've always got these huge plans, but it's always so hard to communicate them all, isn't it? Yes. Basically, we want to take over the world, right? That's the the end goal. So tonight, Pinky. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna do what we do every night. <laughs> I can't even. I should. I should know the quote before using it. Yeah. Ta- no. Take over the world of, of open source JavaScripting in a non non antagonistic way. In a in a hippie, let's all hold hands and write code sort of way. Mhm. Yes. Okay. Cool. In that case, let's bring this marvelous experiment of an initial episode one of a thing this week in Ghost. Oh, that's the name I came up with. What do you think? I just sprang, sprang that on you. Oh. This week in Ghost, that's like committing to the yeah. whole weekly thing, though, isn't it? I don't. Well, that it may be. It will be an ironic title because it will have been more than a week, and then it will be funny. Also, also, okay, it's spells with twig. irony. How's that? How's that not amusing? We can have a, a logo which is just a, a stick, a small stick, admittedly, because it's a twig. <laughs> um... Are you on? <laughs> I'm taking that sigh as agreement. Yes, John, I agree with you, John. You go and design it. There we go, perfect. I have done it already. It is just a brown rectangle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, let's finish this up. So, oh, last last thing to mention. If you, and I've mentioned this briefly already in the middle of the show somewhere, if you have questions or you have ideas or you have things that you would be interested for us to shed light on, whether it be code related design related business related open source community related what are the things that you would like to know about ghost from ghost with ghost any anything really to do with ghost that we could talk about send us your questions on twitter or some other form of social media and we will endeavor to answer them through the medium of song (laughs) oh this has been really tricky because you kind of have been talking in to me, which has been like gaps and silences, and then I get all of your words at once, and I have to figure out what order they went in. <laughs> what? Because of the thing? This quality? Yeah, the quality is fine. It's just you know, I just it, it's the internet connection. I think has been the challenge. But oh, I see. Yeah, we can you know work on that. We'll work on that. Okay, are you ready for my ending sound effects? Go for it. That's it.